Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul love the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to That Davis Show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Please follow me at That's Davis. I'm always fortunate to be joined with, ah, I'm sorry, my main guy, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram, executive producer of everything we do and my partner in this. Were you about to say something, Ryan? I love that you were thinking about me and so many words were rushing to the <laughs> forefront. <laughs> You just couldn't have them all come out because all the superlatives. So much. They were just the the adjectives and the positivity, all of that. Yeah, I get it. It happens a lot. You'd be surprised. It happens. I mean, come on. We see those highlights. We know what the deal is. (laughs) They're Um, dying. They're almost out. I got to get them done. Listen, can we get a video of that when you get the re- I, I, Do you have like the foil in your yep. hair? Or the- oh, yeah. The foil. And I got to sit there for God knows how long. How much does that cost? Like forever. How much does that cost? Oh, it depends where you go, but it's usually it's not cheap. I'll tell you that. It's probably it's probably around a hundo. Ooh. It's probably around a hundo. How much do your haircuts cost? I try to keep it like no more than 40 ish dollars because I don't like going to the great clips and the sports clips and the drive through super cuts clips and all that stuff. I like going to a place just a little bit higher end, but I don't want to pay for higher. <laughs> Bougie, Bougie Riley. I don't, I don't fuck with the sports clips. They may be a sponsor one day, man. Don't do that. Oh, I mean, we would love them, but I had a particularly bad event with a sports clip where you could see straight, but the haircut was like this. Whoa. It was slanted. I was like, never again. Damn, you got what we yeah. used to call it. 87. 87 down <laughs> Halston. Gotcha. 87, boy. That's when we kids. That's what we used to call it. But look, exactly. We got a ton to jump into today. Um, I was fortunate enough earlier today to interview former NFL coach and one of the hosts of Football Night in America, Tony Dungy, again. Um, in that, you know what I'm saying? We had a nice discussion about the Bears and their new hires but also Brian Flores and the lack of diversity when it comes to hiring black coaches in the NFL. We had a pretty good uh, discussion on that. So this supposedly um, I get more out of him than most have in the past. That's what everyone who handles the show says. So I wish we do that with a lot of guests though. (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that also. And this one drops tomorrow, former Kansas city chief offensive lineman, Joe Valerio. Um, joined me and we talked about the Chiefs and what to, some of the things to expect with Ryan Poles. And we also talked about the diversity issue in Eric Bieniemy since he's down there with Eric Bieniemy and why Eric Bieniemy perhaps hasn't had the opportunity to get a job yet in the NFL. Um, this weekend was packed. Uh, Saturday night, um, Demaz, his lovely wife, Tony's fiance, after myself along with Anton, his lovely wife, all got together and went to For the Win and Lucky Stripe downtown to all meet Stephanie for the first time, Tony's fiance. We all enjoyed ourselves. The drinks were yeah. being shared. What's, uh, there's got to be some stories and some thoughts from that. 
Oh, no, no real stories. Um, when we were at For the Win, it was the girls sat on one end of the table, us guys sat on one end of the table. Um, really just catching up and enjoying ourselves. We hadn't really all been together in a long period of time. Um, so that was cool. That was definitely did, a great time. Go ahead. Did D have the cigar? No, this was we weren't in any place where you could have a okay. cigar. So okay. no, it was no cigars. <laughs> it was just it was just liquor and you know whatever you bought to eat. Um, but that was basically. It. But we had we had a great time. Then Saturday, no, 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 that was Saturday. Then yesterday, Sunday, uh, it was Maya Kai's birthday. So she took Sean and Sierra out from Sean and Maya. Uh, she took Sean and me to the game for her, for her birthday yesterday. I tried to pay her. She was like, no, I got I got it. I have no kids. I have disposable income, as she put it. Right. <laughs> change. Right. So shout out to Maya and Sean. Happy birthday again. Boy, Maya. I want to be a part of Maya's celebrations, birthday right. celebrations. That's so good. we... We went to the Bulls game uh, to see the 76ers beat the Bulls. You know, Joel and B dropped 40. DeMar DeRozan dropped 45. So definitely we have to discuss that. So you know what it is when it is what it is. And it's time for us to go off top. Taking it from the top. Tippy. Sing it, Daddy. Sing it, Daddy. Sing it. Sing it, Daddy. Oh, man, that used to be that man. <laughs> Sing it, Daddy. I, oh, I wish the fans at home could have saw the reaction when I got that little clip and played it for you. That face that you made. And I was a little insider thing. It's black with the the no backdrop of an image. And I was leaving that on purpose to have Ken tell me what image to put there. He's like, no, no, no image. That is perfect. Yeah, yeah. This no, no image that. Is, all right, and also, so we waited like eight years. All right, after Red Man and Method Man made the song called How High, right? It took like eight years for them finally because we they and they kind of became like a duo, but for them to make a project with just the two of them on it, right? Which was called the Blackout. I don't know if it was the Blackout or Blackout, right? So it's even more of a purpose of leaving it black. Because that was the name of the album that that came off of, as far as the blackout. Uh, but yeah, we used to, me and my guys, take it from the top, the tippy. Oh, like oh, they used to be. Oh. They used to be. This. So listen, off top again. Um, interview Tony Dungy again. Shout out to NBC Sports Chicago, Dice, Eric, and Tony. Um, always connecting and hooking everything up. Um, had it was a little bit of short on time. Um, definitely had a great time though. And I, I, I asked, and you can go look at the interview, but just want to get some of the thoughts now taking a step back from it. Um, the most pertinent thing, of course, we talked about, um, we talked about Ryan Poles and we talked about Matt Eberfus. And as far as Poles, you know, he, he said, you know, he didn't know much about him prior to this situation, you know, but he did know, of course, Matt Eberfus because Tony Dungeon was once the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And um, just talk to the type of coach that he is and what he expects. I asked him, too, as far as the Tampa, too, what elements we'll see. And he basically said, you know, you'll see. And, and I'm trying to get this right. I think what he was trying to say was you'll see the discipline that coaches like Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin, you know, so on and so forth. You know, what I'm saying uh, Herm Edwards, 
that all these coaches, uh, you kind of see it on their teams, specifically defensive side of the ball, that you'll see that back. But as far as, you know, just having the corners play a zone, and we know this, that they played a lot of man, the Colts defense uh, this past season in particular. So you, you, you that, don't get as hung up on that but get more get hung up on the fundamentals that we kind of see coming out of this coaching lane. And he talked about, you know, how close he is with Rob Marinelli. And we know that he's in, he's now, because Rob Marinelli, if I'm correct, I did see, he's the, the, the D-line coach again here, right? Did I see that or am I going, am I blanking out? Oh, I did not see that. I'll double check it right now, though. So I guess I shouldn't have said that if, I, if I'm incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> the rumors are bound, but real quick. <laughs> What did uh what how do you kind of gauge Tony's reaction to Matt Eberflus? Was he excited for that situation for the Bears? Was you know, did it seem like he he was positive overall? I'm sure he was giving it his like good graces, but how do you like if you were reading him, how did you kind of take it in that way? Oh, I think I mean, I I'm wrong as far as the Rob Marinelli thing. I don't even know what that, that popped out into my head. But um I think it would be a great move. You know what? I think because he's still with Vegas, but um, I think he thought it was a good move. And clearly, look, I I told him before the interview, I'm not going to ask you about your involvement in this process because he wouldn't really be able to talk about it anyway. And it was just no reason for me. So that's if anybody, if you want to know why I didn't, he wasn't going to go into it. So there was no reason for me even to try. That's what there's a reason it's been kept a secret. Um, but he, basically, he 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 likes Matt Eberflus, and I think he expects for Matt Eberflus to excel here as the Bears' new head coach. Um, I, I talked about the fact of you know Matt Eberflus brought a, a large majority of his staff with him, and how much easier that's going to be as far as coaching up the players because you don't have to focus on coaching up the coaches first because they already know what you want implemented and how you like it. Um, but one thing too, then that kind of led us into talking about. Something that crossed my mind uh, this last few days, knowing I was going to interview Tony Dungy again. When I used to watch the Tampa Bay's team in the uh, mid to mid to late nineties, I never really looked at the coaching, looked at the coaches on the, the sideline, and thought, "Damn, he got a lot of brothers, right?" But clearly, he did, right? Because you see mm-hmm. how many, like how many he went to Lovey Smith, he, yeah, yeah, Raheem Morris, and like, plus a ton of position coaches. Also. Allen, uh, what Allen Williams? Who's the Bears' uh, defensive coordinator? Yeah, Allen Williams. He was uh, he was a quality control guy for Tony Dungy. Oh yeah, I think I did hear that actually. Right, so he's a quality, and, but he said this: he's he's he doesn't like people taking shots at Mike Tomlin for not having a black coordinators, right? But and that wasn't I wasn't saying that to take a shot at Mike Tomlin either. That didn't you know what I'm saying? But what I said to him was this. And now thinking about all the coaches that come from your tree, clearly you wanted a lot of black coaches. Why aren't these coaches today been given that opportunity? You know what I'm saying? Like when Lovey got hired, you can, you got to think how odd it is what happened with Matt Eberflus being able to bring all those defensive coaches over here with him. You know what I'm saying? Like when Lovey got hired, he got settled with Ron Rivera. You know what I'm saying? He had to get mm-hmm. Ron out of here to try to get Bob Babbage and Rob Marinelli in here. You know what I'm saying? Like just so Matt Eberflus is ahead of the curve. But still, if you had, and that's not to say that these coaches would be hired, but if you had more offensive to defensive coordinators, black offensive defensive coordinators in the pool, it would increase their chances. But still, of course, you would need these owners to finally, you know, give, I don't want to say give someone a chance, 
do the right thing outside of someone that does, you're not comfortable with because they don't necessarily look like you. The job is winning football games, not buddy buddy. Even though I know you want to, you want you want to have some type of camaraderie or working relationship, but I, pref- I listen. I prefer excellent work more than how cool we are. You know what I'm saying? To be honest with you. Well, isn't that kind of like leadership? The whole point of leadership is you find a way to build bridges with people. If you're not a good leader, then you need your buddies around because you're not good at building relationships and having your buddies around is great if they're great at what they do. But if they are just your buddies and they don't aren't the best coaches or they aren't the best in their field, it's like you said, wouldn't you rather have the excellent work? But if you're not a good leader, I could see why you run to your buddies because you don't want to bridge any gaps. Right. I mean, again, and one of the thing points that he pointed out and Joe Valerio, and that drops tomorrow, look at the demographic of the NFL it's just as far as the players. It lets you know that there's a serious issue when you're talking about head coaching. Um, I was, And it was, it was funny, too. So Tony Dungy said that he, he made it a point to put all those black men in those positions. Right. Like that, that, that wasn't just by happenstance. That was, and we know it wasn't, but that was, all right, I'm going to do this so that they get these opportunities moving forward. And now those opportunities have seemed to have dried up. You know what I'm saying? When you look at, I know these last couple of days now you've had, um, you had uh, Mike McDouglas uh, get hired. Mike McDonald. Thank you, McDonald. I'll keep messing. Mike McDonald being hired by the Dolphins. Who's biracial. You have Lovey Smith. Now the new coach of the Houston, Texas, um, so we, you know, we got one and a half. Even though I don't even know. <laughs> oh, that's mean. That's mean. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, but still, it, it, it's funny. We had this conversation um, pre-show on uh, Under Center, and Eric Strobel, one of the co-hosts of the show, was bringing up like, "Don't try to get fool me with Mike." And you wait. Let me get it, it's because it, I may do this again. It's McDonald, right? McDonald. Yeah, Mike McDonald. McDonald. Uh, he was like, don't try to get that one over because, you know, if you see him, you wouldn't necessarily think it's only like, yeah, he passes. Right. So it was it was a funny and open. And oh, I'm sorry. Mike McDaniel. McDaniel, not McDonald. OK, McDaniel. So anyway, um, but still, we know and we know one Brian Flores's clash lawsuit helped uh, get these 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 couple of jobs to some people of color. Um, but still, clearly, it's a major issue and it speaks to larger issues outside of football, which Brian Flores has said that's what he would like to see this is his lawsuit effect, not just what's happening on the field of play as far as the coaches, but also when we're talking about these boardrooms and different jobs and so forth everywhere where we'll still we're still neglected uh, true opportunity to show you what we can do. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was definitely a a, a, a a frank and open conversation. What were you about to say? I'm sorry. Were you about to say something? I was just kind of curious what you think about the Bears, because it seems like hiring diversity was a priority for them. And I don't know if it was for maybe other organizations during this process, but the committee had people of different diverse backgrounds. It wasn't just the old white man committee trying to find you a head coach and GM, you know, all the people within the front office, all the people within the coaching staff. Yeah. The head coach is white, but there are at least like people of color being represented on the coaching staff of the bears in, you know, high profile positions, not just position coaches. Let's say we have a couple coordinators and just how the front office looks. Do you, are you encouraged, I guess, specifically with the bears and how they kind of did it? 
Um, to a degree. Um, I, I know that when Ryan Poles got hired, I didn't mention that he was black on the UC on purpose because I wasn't going to get a Bears props for hiring a black man. And I, cause I, I think sometimes like I shouldn't, and I'll use this analogy, like for someone saying like, yeah, you know, I take care of my kids. You're supposed to, I'm not giving you a cookie <laughs> for doing that. So like you're, you're supposed to pick the best candidate and I shouldn't have to be like, thank you for hiring a black guy. Dude, if the black guy is one of the better candidates, give him a fair shake and give him that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? See, maybe you'll see something different take place. So I think it's good. I have to say that. I think it's definitely good. Um, I could say, well, you know, why now? Why is it taking this long? And I'll be I'll be frank with you. I would really like to know how long the NFL teams or ownerships have known that that class action lawsuit was coming down the line. You know what I'm saying? Like, did they find out that day or was it that they hear rumors about it weeks prior to that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I would I would want to know that. And that may not have anything to do with the fact that the Bears had Tanisha Wade and Lamar Soup Campbell in that room with them. And they brought in a general manager who's black. The top football person on the team is black. I mean, as a black person, it's it's good that you know we're being given that opportunities, but I'm we're not I'm not begging for crumbs for something. That, yeah, Brian Poles earned he earned that. Like he's he how I mean think about how long he was in Kansas City, how much winning Kansas City's done, the people that he learned under and from. You know, saying this wasn't this wasn't like um 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 uh, what's it called when. I forget now I'm blanking out when you have to have so many people of, of minorities and something. Um, what's it? Oh, um, uh, affirmative action. Oh, thank you. This isn't an affirmative action. And I haven't used that word in so long. It's, this isn't some affirmative it's, that's action. Been a while. That's what people, that's what, you know, some people will still say something like that. This isn't an affirmative action, affirmative action hire. And I'm not even dissing that. All right. Um, but this was a guy who worked his way into this position. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool that they hired him, but that's what they're supposed to do. But isn't that the, the weirdness of this all? Like on the surface, it should be, duh, hire the best candidate. But there's just no way 31 white dudes are way more qualified than any other race in the NFL whatsoever. Right. Like it's just there's clearly an issue of the networking, the nepotism, the racism, you know, whatever kind of old school cliche thought or just the hesitancy to anything new. So it's like, it's awful that we're even in this position that we have to talk about like, Hey, let's get these numbers up because they should be up. When on the surface level, if you just were hiring the best candidates, they would be up. Clearly, I mean, it's not even a you can't tell me that black guys don't know football. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> especially when they're the majority of doing it yeah. at the highest level. You know, what I'm saying now they now even at the quarterback position, you can't you can't tell me that. I mean, it's just too glaring. Like, that's the thing. Like, to be honest with you, if they had four, three or four black co- head coaches, it still would be glaring. But to have yeah. one and that one has never had a losing season, so it tells you the standard that we are held to in order to just keep our job as far as you can never lose. <laughs> like, like you, you better not. You like, you like just the ridiculousness of it. I mean, he, Tony Dungy mentioned, and you know, love you had 10 wins the year that he was fired here in Chicago, but just the ridiculousness of it in general, it just, it, it, it doesn't make sense. I asked him to, you know, how angry 
in a way. I mean, he's a man of faith, but man, you got to really be frustrated. <laughs> he was like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I mean, look at. I mean, like he, your he, Mike Tomlin situation example. That's the franchise that came up with the Rooney Rule that we all kind of like agree that the intention of the Rooney Rule was in good spirits, even if it's being used improperly. Like, isn't that just like speak on everything? If your owner just doesn't care about that stuff, that's why it happens. That's why there is no diversity. Right. I mean, and he's the reason for the Rooney Rule. And like prior to the first interview, it kind of hit me because and I said it again today. I never, as a kid, all right, um, Tony Dungeon was the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Central, all right? And we, I, John Randall, um, just all the old quarterbacks they had going through there, like Denny Green being a guy that I, you know, my dad would tell me, but I didn't, I was too young to know even being alive that he was at one time Northwestern's coach. I'm like, really? He was a coach at Northwestern? And Denny oh, coming from, yeah, Denny coming from Bill Walsh's tree, and how like the, the, the Roonies, like what the point I was going to make, I, we, I forget that Tony Dungy was a coach on Pittsburgh staff prior to getting to the Vikings. He was a player too, right? He yes, he was a player. You see him in highlights. He picked up, he got one of those all-time Pittsburgh highlights. I don't know if it was an interception or what he picks off the ground, but he got one of them, right? Um, but that's why he's the impetus for the Rooney rule. He is. That's why Rooney did it because of the, their fondness for, for him and how he was treated because he should have basically got an opportunity to be a head coach instead of having to come to the Vikings to become a defensive coordinator. And I don't I can't I don't know if he was a defensive coordinator with under Chuck Noll because I believe Chuck Noll was still the coach and then under yeah he definitely was still the coach because he gave way to Bill Cower. I I don't know if he was a defensive coordinator under Chuck Noll or not, but he probably was if people thought he should have become a head coach. So I'm talking to the dude that blazed this trail, right? I mean, in my life, like I just told you, my dad, you know, my grandmother, you know, like these are discussions that we had in the house. You know what I'm saying? By the way, he was a Steelers coordinator from 84 to 88. Damn, that's a long, see, see, think about that. And then he, he, and then he went to Kansas city as a defensive back coach for two years before becoming coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. So he probably, so he had to downgrade jobs. Right. So he left. Did up. he leave? Can you look and see when Chuck Noll, when Bill Cowell was hired? Because then but mm-hmm. maybe he left the Pittsburgh because they were changing they were changing head coaches. So oh, but can definitely check it. You're ta- we're, we're talking about the dude, and you said 80, you said 80, what's 88? 81 to 88? Is that what you said? 84 to 88. Oh, and Chuck Noll ended in 91. So Chuck Noll okay. must have okay. gotten so rid of him. left before then. He left before. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe or yeah, maybe. Or it could have been a situation to diversify himself. He had to get up out of there because I don't I don't know what side of the ball Chuck Noll was proficient or came from because, you I know, people, defense. that's what I was thinking. So it may have been viewed that Chuck Noll is the defensive mastermind with all the Hall of Famers that they had on that defense, let alone. But that's why he had to get out. I'm talking about in the 70s. Uh, particularly when it comes to this to the Steelers. But the point that I'm trying to say is I'm talking to the dude that blazes trail. I mean, back when I was a, still we had one in front of the numbers that, that preceded my 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 birth, my birth date. All right. You know, as far as how old I was. And the problem is, is, is still a huge concern. You know what I'm saying? He talked about Johnny Cochran coming out and saying that something had to be done 
when he was fired from Tampa and Denny Green, I didn't remember this. Denny Green was let go by the Vikings after the same season that he was let go by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, I think I do remember that. Right. And so just, I mean, man, it's, and it, 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 there's so many more things important in life than just football, but still in football and in every other place where we are, you know, dog, I want a fair shake just like somebody else, man. And I always say to people, you got to ask yourself. And I don't think a lot of us, I have to do it with myself. Ask yourself, what's your issue with something and talk it out. All right. And just don't use whatever is a simple reasoning to make you feel better, but really ask yourself why you feel a certain way about certain things, particularly things that are bad. You know, I mean, really view what you view as being bad, I guess, too. But things right. that aren't bad, why you kind of feel a certain way about that. So, again, make sure you check it out. It's already up. You can watch it on YouTube, um, on NBC Sports Chicago. Um, and always a great time and also a great time with 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 Joe Valerio. Uh, he talked about we talked about Eric Bieniemy, and he was saying that, you know, perhaps he doesn't interview well. And I said, that's the rumor. But he said that one thing he said about Eric Bieniemy is and it's something that we asked for out of Mad Nagy that Eric Bieniemy is a type of cook where he makes his recipe or he makes his dinner out of what is in the cupboard instead of, oh, no, it, regardless of what's in the cupboard, right. I can only make this certain dish. Right. Like right. Eric Bieniemy uses the players and their skills that he has for that particular season and emphasizes their strengths. And that when he gets his chance that he's probably going to end up snapping in a positive way. But he he spoke longly about Eric Bieniemy. He met Eric Bieniemy in college because of one of his friends was a roommate, I believe was a roommate to be enemy at Colorado and blocked for him at Colorado where Eric B enemy played college ball. So hmm. yeah, just touch on just a little bit, touch on that. And he said, Joe Valerio, you can check him out on uh, the Believe Network. He co-hosts the Believe in Chiefs podcast. Nice dude. Gotta have him, gotta have him over here. Gotta because we had to we, we was on Zoom, right? And uh the timer popped up and I had to be like, yo, because he was going in. He was actually he was talking about Eric B enemy. And I had to be like, yo, we we got to you got to rap. And, uh, and Tony was like, you can we can we get a little bit more time? And he was like, yeah, sure. Right. So and then I, I had to ask him because he played he was on that Chiefs team. And this is like huge when I was a kid that Joe Montana and Marcus Allen ended up being on. Right. And I mean, so, yeah. So really he was, quick, is that yeah. that's not Chris Valerio's brother, the former Bears lineman? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. You, that's, that's a really good question. Why don't you? I can just keep rambling <laughs> off at the mouth. No, I didn't ask him, and he didn't mention uh, anything about as far as his brother. Only Chicago connection that I, I he made was the fact that the company, one of his jobs that he has, the company that he works for, and he was talking about how they 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 make it a point to be diverse when it comes to uh uh. uh People, gender, uh, sexual orientations, you know what I'm saying? Like that they they that's a real thing when his company his company is here in Chicago. But no, he didn't he didn't say anything about um his brother uh being a former bear, Chicago bear, but that would be interesting if you yeah, pulled that out. I know. Yeah, you got you need to find that one out. Hey, I didn't get I just hey, I just found out like uh an hour before the interview. <laughs> All right, so if I if, 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 if it skipped me, I apologize. But yeah, that's basically the, the crooks of both of those interviews. And, you know, 
it was a focus on race because of what's happening in the NFL right now. And we don't have to be scared to talk about stuff like that. We should we shouldn't run from it. And I mean, I, I don't try to make the focus that the focus of the show majority of the times, particularly um, just especially when we're doing sports or whatever, but perhaps when we're doing a flip properly tap it more um, because this is a respite for me and for anybody. But, you know, it, what's real is real. And if you have a problem with that, again, you should check on why you have a problem with it. I totally agree. I mean, it's a problem. We can't put it any other way. You can't have 70% of the players be a certain race and they have no representation in the front office and the coaching staff. That doesn't make any sense. It's a problem that we have within politics. It's a problem that we have within business and industry across with board members and CEOs and who are your employees. Like, do when you're higher ups, when the, the, the supers, the top people, if they don't care about how you live at all because you don't live their same lifestyle, then usually causes a lot of problems for people at the bottom or people that are vital to a success of an industry or business, whatever organization, because you need every level of it. Right. So right. every level should be cared for. Every level should be cared about and every level should have their chance to have their say and be represented accordingly. Correct. All right, let's switch over to something a little bit lighter um, and talk a little bit about that Bulls game I attended yesterday. Again, shout out to Maya Kai for her birthday. Happy to have spent it with her, Sean. Excuse me. Um, so this that's is, enough of the positives. <laughs> this is yeah, that's enough of the positives. Because like the whole the game didn't get really interesting to the third quarter, right? For the majority of the game, they were ahead of the Bulls. The Bulls would kind of cut it down to six, maybe seven. But it didn't get to where they got it to like four to the, maybe the middle, bottom end of the third. And then you kind of just knew what was going to happen. It's like they're not going to be able to catch up to them, right? Because they couldn't really stop them. You know what I'm saying? They were having a huge issue stopping them. Joel B is the freakiest of the freaky. I mean, it makes no sense that a seven-footer has that handle and skill and is thick, too, right? Like, we're not talking about some whimsy uh, uh, Concord coming in here with some crazy, right. we just saying like, the crazy wingspan. Him and the Joker are like the, the biggest centers in the right. league, basically. Right. right, right. So, like, these are these are old school. I mean, Weight-wise, those are old school centers. You know what I'm saying? And the Ooh, dude... Embiid would have been a bad man back in the center. He would have. So. All he would have had to do was stay healthy. Dog, he would have been messing people up. Now, he would have got messed up because, I mean... Sh- Shaq would have ducked on his head. Olajuwon would have shook him. But he would have got them, too. It's not even a question he would have got them. You know what I'm saying? And the Joker, too. The Joker. I mean, they would have just had to deal with the physicality night in and night out. And their, their bodies would, I don't know how long, how durable they would have been playing against real seven-footers every night. And not even just mm-hmm. the starters, but the you got the bench guys right. coming off with fouls to right. give. You know what I'm saying? Like that. And those guys, guys, those bench guys were coming in with physicality to right. too. Totally. That's how totally. they made their money. So yeah, exactly. So like you you the league was littered. They may not have been able to play, but they were littered with seven footers that were heavy back when I was growing up and we were growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like now over the last 20 years, you've you've seen that go away. But these those two guys in particular, but like, dude, I was I told you earlier, I'm watching NBA today. And I hear I'm laying down and I hear Richard Jefferson say, dude, he I mean, what can you do? We're talking about Joel Embiid. 
he hits you with the euro step and then completes it with the dude. He euro stepped away from the rim. All right. Got around his man. And you would think he was going to lay it up, jump and two hand whack that that bad boy. And it's like and I'm sitting there and it's funny to hear Richard Jefferson say that because when he does it, I say to Sean and mine, I had said it several times in the game. He's not supposed to be able to do that. Right. Like you're. You're not you're not supposed to be 300 and some pounds, seven footer with the, with this type of handle. Like he got the wrist action when it's like, like, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, we're not just talking about like just dribble. dribble. No, no. He's dog. He's 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 with it. Right. The fadeaways. I mean, to see Joel be live that big, do whatever he wanted on a basketball court. Right. Like what whatever he only thing that stopped him was the fact that some balls just don't drop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's it. I mean, Booch was trying. Booch was give, giving some effort to try to get in front of him sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But he was trying. But, man, that dude is a bad mama jamma dude. Like, shout out to No Joel wonder D. he didn't care that Ben Simmons wasn't playing. Like, whatever. Right. I got this dude, I mean, And also, you got to think, he knows Ben Simmons' lack of dedication. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're his teammate. You know what he's putting in and what he's not putting in. You know what I'm saying? Right. You see him right. every day in practice outside of when y'all are playing games and he's not giving you what you want. So Joel knows, like, dude, you're not, you not the one. You know what I'm saying? Especially, like, if I had a – dog, if he had a runner with him, goodness, and he stays healthy <laughs> – Oh my god. I was I was shitting some bricks when I heard this James Harden stuff. Like that I would wanted, be a nice little something in, for Joel. And in, in my NBA, and I know I'm I, it would hurt my Bulls chances in the future. I want it. I want to see James Harden and Joel and B together, man. I that would wa- be nasty. I want it. James Harden deserve both of them deserve a chance to be with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? That and I really James- complements everything they do. And I feel like right. Harden really wants a big man more than a yep. wing player. I'm with yeah, and I mean, dude. I mean, just the skill of those two alone. But and I think Harden's at a point in his career where they would just live at the free throw line, by the way. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. He's at the point in his career where, and we see it, he's willing to sacrifice that offensive input. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he oh, could yeah. be, he's fine with being the second fiddle to Joel and B because he you could call him the second fiddle, but he's still gonna be out there kicking. I feel ass. like he's got some mellow fear. Like, I don't wanna be mellow. I don't want oh, to be totally known doesn't. as the great totally. scorer. He told totally that that's why he went to the Nets. That's why he I mean, he he went there because basically if all of them on the court, it's a lock. You know what I'm if saying? I have like, to eat a hundred pounds worth of McDonald's to get out of Houston, I'm gonna I'm do gonna it. Eat it. I'm gonna eat it. Like, oh my, oh man. But yeah, I that's what I would love to see. And I, again, that would be that the Bulls already have an issue with Houston. I mean, not Houston with the Sixers. And I mean, if the Bulls were healthier, now I mean every player was back. If they had one, if they had Zach, they probably win yesterday. But if they had, look, take Zach out. If they have Lonzo and Alex Caruso, they win yesterday. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I'm not to say that Kobe White was out too. You know, because I'm sitting watching the game. The and big like, problem for Philly, they didn't have what was it. Uh, Thibo, Matthias yeah. Thibo. The the, yeah. DeRozan probably doesn't get you 45. Right. There at the Good one. That's a great point. Great point. Um, but yeah, anyway, great experience, great game. United Center now has this thing where they have erected a huge tent. You know, like how you kind of see, like you'll see it in the Millennium Park where they'll have uh, uh, types of uh, dinners and stuff. You know, so the, and, and, you know, I mean, a big tent, right? This tent probably can hold 
a couple hundred, maybe maybe about 150 people, if not more. And it's like it has a wedding reception tent, right? Kind of right. Thing, right. And it's in lot. It's across the street. Yes, exactly. It's across the street in a part in the parking lot. And this is where Uber drops you off and you wait in the tent to get picked up until your Uber comes because they have these lanes and your Uber tells you I'm in lane three. Then you walk out, you show them and then you go there. So that was interesting. Also, and because I'm sitting there taking in stuff at the UC because they always upgrade and update it there. They've knocked out. The like you can they daylight comes in the UC now, so like really? yeah, it's because I'm like and I say to my I'm like wait that daylight used to not come in the UC like yeah, like no. now no it was no daylight coming now right. on the top the top two tiers you can see daylight out the back what? and I wonder if, yeah so they try to they keep trying yeah. to the scoreboard but first of all the base is too damn loud all right I mean. Boom. Like, okay, <laughs> this is we're not at Wrigley where we're outdoors or now because U.S. Sailors upgraded their 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 base package. Right. But the Cubs were the first one when I went to a Cubs game like five years ago when the Cubs got that big screen or whatever. And I was like, this music is loud. I mean, I liked it. But when, when you're outdoors, the base isn't trapped. You know what I'm saying? But when you're in the UC... So, uh, the uh, floorboards are rattling on the floor with I'm you, Sean, and Maya sitting there courtside. Like, we was we were being old people. It was like, hey, turn turn that bass down a little bit, right? And turn turn that bass down. Come on, bring that bass down. Just to, just a sweet man. But and the, but the music too, because that the Bulls were one of the worst when it comes to music selections in the city. It was like who. Who who are you pay, who I, I who's coming to these games? All right, because I, it's it's this old ass set that you plan is not doing it. It's all that's been upgraded. Um, ter- always a terrific time as far as the in in house entertainment at the UC. But uh, definitely had a great time checking that out and finally seeing Joel and B live was definitely a treat to say the least. And Demar Derozan get busy um, was definitely a treat. Yeah, it sounds like a great little time. Um, I'm just curious, like. Any food, any souvenirs, any reviews get, in terms of that? I had a hot. I got. I just ate a hot dog at the UC. What's the name? Baseball. Well, this did you is get the, the mojito like I told you to get? No, I didn't oh, get the mojito. The UC I, mojitos, my friend. See, the thing was this. All right. I, first of all, I had been drinking the night before when I was out with Tony and D and Antoine, and of course, they're wonderful women. Right. So when I got to the, the bar that we all met up at, me, Sean, I'm Sean and Maya and myself. I, of course, want to buy her some shots because it's her birthday and she was treating us to the game. Um, so I was drinking at the bar and I had I got shots. I had two old fashions. Ooh, so, so you were pretty good. And mind you, the night before I was drinking too, right? And I have to drive to, back to the crib, but I was I was fine. I was not. It was not buzz driving or whatsoever. Um, so it's a good thing you didn't get the mojito because then you wouldn't have been able to drive. Okay. So yeah. Fair so enough. when we only thing that I bought there, and I mean I got the hot dog because Sean was going, and he was like, "Do y'all want anything?" And I knew I needed to put some more in my stomach. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you don't so want I just was, boost sitting there. Right. So I was like, you know, grab me a hot dog because, I, you know, I, I know I can soak up some of this alcohol in my and I bought two Modelo's because my wanted a Modelo. So I just had because I don't use them. I don't drink that much beer. Um, and so I just got him had a Modelo. But then we went back and I tried to dip and then it was like, you're going to come in. And I was like, yeah, OK, I'll come in. Right. It's like, ain't had to twist your so I went back and drunk some more at the bar before leaving or whatever. So 
that's why I could I didn't need it, but I didn't need any anything else. Um, it was a, a boozy weekend to say the least. Like today is definitely Good. a no alcohol recovery. Day recovery. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That is little uh, hair. The dog. The bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Man, so that it was definitely a great weekend. What, what matter of fact, what happened in Vegas this weekend? Did you do anything? No, I was actually pretty chill this weekend. Decided okay. to just take it easy. No Pro um, Bowl experience. You with the Pro Bowl? I'll tell you here? what. I'll give you my big one. Aurelio's Pizza is out here. We got Aurelio's. Okay, okay. I think I th- Aurelio's is straight. I think people, some people hate on it. I feel like when I've had it, it it was it was straight. So. I feel I like, like that. I can't remember. I think I think I, I think I like it was I think it was an Aurelio's that we used to get pizza from that was not too far from UIC's campus, I feel like. But I'm unsure. And if that was an Aurelio's, it was good. All right. It's like, like I just randomly found it. I was looking for I was returning. But is it really Aurelio's, though? Yes. Yes. Because so Ooh. I was looking for something uh, or no, I was trying to get a, a printing label shipped out. But I needed to print it off. I went to USPS, read online that they supposedly print it off. They do not. Mm. If anybody wants a shipping label, damn government facility for all that doesn't have a damn printer that they can print it off at, apparently. So I had to go to FedEx, and I'm just, like, following the GPS of FedEx. And I pull I'm like, damn, is that a Aurelio's? And I noticed the little logo. Exact same. And then I looked it up online. One Las Vegas location. It had to be right there. Wow. All right. So did you get any? Yes, but not that time. We got it Sunday. Got it yesterday. And how how was it? It tastes exactly like Chicago, but okay. I was disappointed. It's, they don't have an Italian beef. Aurelio's really, beef. He said it tastes exactly. How does Chicago how does Chicago taste, right? <laughs> no, I'm saying the <laughs> I know, I know. Aurelio's. He <laughs> said it tastes exactly like Chicago. Sweet Chicago taste. <laughs> Sweet home, Chicago. <laughs> uh, salt on the streets and uh, gunpowder in the right. air. Ah, <laughs> what did uh, it salt? Salt from the streets. I can taste it. <laughs> I can taste that uh, winter destruction. What about this week? Is there anything? So what, what, you had the Pro Bowl going on and you didn't take in any of the festivities that were going on out there? It was cold this week, this past weekend in Vegas. Yeah. I was looking not, at those ooh. competitions. And, and was, the damn wind, it, just knife at the... I'm saving that for the draft. I'll be. I'll do the Vegas experience with the draft when that comes. Okay. Here in, so the, dra- uh, oh, the draft is in Vegas? Is it? Okay. NHL's in Vegas, the NFL's in Vegas, it's all in Wait, Vegas. Wait, when do y'all get the Super Bowl? You get they, you get the Super Bowl now too, right? Didn't they just change that? Yes, yes. I want to say next year. I want to say next year that it's mm. coming to, to Vegas. Okay, we have to talk about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> me and your room, I'm about to get tight with Rumi. Um, but like I mean, it. I may have to be. I may have to. I mean, I may. I'm not paying to get up in that bad boy, but hey, come. Hey, I need, I need NBC to fly me out there. Actually, there you go. There you yeah. go. That's get you free room and board here, I and then yeah, all I that money goes guys, to the vacation. I, right. I told the guys in the UC that's that's UC goals. Um, I want to be out there in Vegas. Well, I want to be where the Super Bowl is at. So that I, I guess that's a, a new goal to put out there. I usually don't. I, I kind of do goals, but that's a new goal to put out there. So I'm going to put that out in the ether. I'm not just going to put it out in the ether. I'm going to make it happen. I like it. If it's not this year, next year in Vegas. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Definitely let's do it. So 
Anything here before we get out of here that you want to add before we skedaddle? Bring on the Super Bowl. We'll have our preview this uh, later on this week before the game. Give you our thoughts. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll put football to be- to bed for a little bit, at least until combine and more of the draft stuff starts popping up. So it'll be bittersweet. But then I'm excited for All Star festivities for basketball coming up pretty soon. Here it's all it's all good stuff. And if these bulls become the story, at least we know we're not talking about drab for a while. Right. <laughs> in Chicago sports, that'd be at least nice. Right. And then we'll see with baseball, right? Can we get our can we get our cubbies and our sockies going down in Arizona or what? Dude, I I, I mean I would have liked to check out spring training. I guess I have to wait till next year. Um, I mean I'm sure I still think they would have it. It's just scheduling wise, short drive for me to get yes. down there. Scheduling wise, it's just we'll see how it goes. But yeah, so that's what you can look forward to us in the future. As always, please don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again.